brew all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now, live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. All right, happy thoughts, happy thoughts, good vibes, good things happening. A shutout victory over the defending world champions. And this series is tied at a game apiece. Woo-wee! All right, this was a... A fashionably late offense, but enough offense there in the bottom of the eighth inning showing up in a 6 nothing victory over the Houston Astros. I'm Dominic Catronio with Jeff Cirillo here on the program again tonight. Uh, we'll have plenty of time to talk about the offense and Owen Miller. I mean, the story today is shutting out a team like the Astros and this vaunted offense. I mean, after what they did to you yesterday, for Colin Ray and this bullpen to step up in the way that they did, Jeff, I mean, my hat is off to Colin Ray. He hasn't pitched since Mother's Day. He had a little life on the fastball, and he faced this Astros lineup like nothing at all had happened last night. Yeah, I mean, just an impressive game for Colin Ray. Just one of those ones that he had great command tonight and in uh, a really good team that, that takes a lot of pitches and works at bats. But he really didn't give him a chance, right, because he was just always ahead in the count. And, and just the defense just really didn't give a chance for the Astros to really breathe and get any momentum in this game. And, you know, like you said, fortunately, they, you know, they got the, the one home run early. They added a – they manufactured the second run with Miller. And then, obviously, they, they added add-ons in the late in the game in the eighth inning. When you look at what Colin Ray was able to do working into the sixth inning, I think the biggest thing for Colin was limiting traffic, right? He, he knew that he was going to pick his spots, right? He didn't want to mess with Jordan Alvarez at all tonight. He fell behind in a few counts, but he wasn't considering himself out of it. He was still getting a ton of weak contact tonight. He only had, until he was lifted from the game, just one at-bat by the opponent, by the Astros, with a runner in scoring position, and that was back in the third inning. And in my opinion, I mean, we're going to talk about this later with our difference-making moment, but him getting out of that third inning with runners on first and second and two outs, and even after falling behind 3-0 and on Jordan Alvarez, that set the sails, that set them to see and say, all right, these waters are going to be A-OK. Let's see if Colin Ray can get it through it. And the trust they had to have Piams get out of the sixth and go to Peguero in the seventh also, I think, set a tone of saying this bullpen is trying to find its sixth, seventh, those bridge guys to get to Strezlecki and Williams. And tonight we might have learned something about those two bridge guys. Well, it's great to see Baguero bounce back from last night's game and just to show the resilience and the ability to bounce back after throwing a, a bunch of pitches last night. And like you said, you know, the, those those middle innings, that sixth, seventh inning, so you can get to Strezlecki and Wilson and and. And, and Williams, right? I mean, so like you said, the bullpen's been strong all year, and, and you saw the defense, which really carried the Brewers for this month and really kept them in it, although they haven't had a great month swinging the bat. You know, we talked about it last night, and, you know, it's their defense, right? It's just the athleticism they showed, and just, you know, sometimes you look out there and they're just making plays. When you're on the other side of that, you know, you just feel like there's a big gold glove on the field, and you got to be really almost like keyholing the ball to get a hit. And you brought up a good point yesterday that Colin Ray, being a guy that pitches to contact with the defense, Joey Weimer was flying all over the place in center field. Bryce made another great couple of great plays tonight at second base, too. Adamas made a few plays that maybe if you're not paying attention, you could easily miss like the great backhanded pick he made uh, earlier in the game off of Chaz McCormick. Uh, he also made a great throw on that play, too. I, I just see... 
this defense continuing to blossom and continuing to show why they're consistently right there with the Blue Jays, back and forth for who's going to be leading that day and that day's updates in defensive run save. I mean, when you throw a zero on the board, you're certainly saving some runs defensively. It's just amazing in this StatCast era where you can really emphasize and see who is good defensively, who's not like back in the day, like a center fielder. Well, gosh, you didn't make any errors out there, right? So it's like, that guy's a great defender. No, not really, right? You see Joey Weimer out there in center field taking chances. I'm, look, he's going to make some errors because he's so aggressive. But man, what a difference maker and what a game he had tonight. I remember, you know, some outfielders have told me over the years, the most imp- impressive plays for an outfielder are the ones where you don't leave your feet. And Joey had a couple of those tonight, specifically into left center field in front of Yelich. The reads he's making are great right now. And yeah, he had the stoinker in front of him, but that, that's what a stoink is. You know, it's just an, a nothing burger that falls into no man's land. But the, the plays that he makes the left center, specifically the one on Bregman there in the sixth inning, that would have led off the inning with a double and maybe you're thinking, oh no, this is against Ray here. It's all going to come crashing down. But that just sets a tone and does such wonders for confidence for the guys on the mound. Well, like you said, it all starts and stops with the guy on the mound. And we have a guy like Colin Ray, especially when you're playing center field. And you see the catcher set up one way or the other. So you kind of anticipate that ball being hit that way. But the one ball was pulled to the gap to left center, and he was actually shaded over to right center. So just incredible instincts tonight and just a great game. And, and Trang made some great plays and Adamus as well. So it's one of those ones, like when you have a pitcher that's throwing strikes and hitting his spots uh, as infielders, you definitely can anticipate balls being hit. What a development for Yoel Piomps as well. Uh, He comes in inheriting runners on first and second with only one out, facing Jose Abreu and Jeremy Pena. And I know Abreu's off to a slow start, but uh, as you would say, Jeff, look at the back of the baseball card, right? This dude is always going to be a threat at the plate. And for Piomps to strike both of those guys out, a great battle uh, six pitches and eight pitches long to the both of them, and doing it with two different pitches, right? An elevated fastball to Abreu, and then the nasty slider that he barely used enough last season. He's becoming more of a strikeout guy in addition to getting a million ground balls. The Brewers have got their hands on him. Jim Henderson deserves a lot of credit. Chris Hook deserves a lot of credit. What they've been able to do with Yoel Piomps to trust him in a high-leverage, game-in-the-balance situation like that, and not only to get the job done, but to exceed and get the job done. I agree with you right there. I mean, I've seen this guy pitch before. I was with the Royals, and I think that the Royals were reluctant to give him up and expose him right on the waivers. And so, I mean, stuff-wise, he's got a heavy sinker. He's got plus stuff. He's got two pitches, and then he's got the riding fastball with late life and, and 95, 96 in the tank. So definitely another weapon for the Brewers, and Henderson and Hook deserve the credit for that one. And then uh, you get Piguero, as we mentioned, bouncing back from a tough outing yesterday with a 1-2-3 top of the seventh inning. Here's a number that really just jumps out to me in what seems like has been a trend the last few losing games for the Brewers, and they bucked that trend today. The bottom third of the order, 7-8-9 for the Astros. They were a combined 0-for-11 tonight. None of them reached base. There was an inning-inning double play and a couple of strikeouts. The Brewers did their job against the bottom third of the Astros order. Yeah, I thought that was a great game. Like you said, Colin Ray was feeling he hasn't pitched since Mother's Day, basically. And, you know, when you can hit your spots, I remember Mike Maddox, when he was a pitching coach here at the Milwaukee, he's like, just throw your pitches with conviction and stay out the middle of the, middle of the plate, right? Colin Ray doesn't have overpowering stuff, 
but what he does know is he knows how to pitch, right? Especially being overseas, and he really came back with a different different mindset and a different attitude about it. And like I said, I mean, it starts and stops with the guy on the mound. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank, get old. Josh in Milwaukee texting in. Beautiful night at the ballpark and a feel-good win. I love some good base running. We finally collected some big hits. Piomps was the difference-making moment tonight for Josh. We'll get to that a little bit later on in the program. But I also want to give some kudos to Colin Ray because it's been a journey for him. You mentioned the overseas pitching for him. This was his first win as a starting pitcher stateside since he was with the Padres in 2016. Needless to say, the world looks very different since July 1st, 2016. My hat's off to him for staying on the grind and doing it against a very good team in the Houston Astros. Yeah, what a great win for him and a needed win, right? I mean, the Brewers' starting rotation, especially with all the guys being down, you know, they got a shot in the arm tonight. It's one of those ones where you might not know what to expect from Colin Ray, especially going into the season, but now he's been thrust into that situation, and he was a stopper tonight. And you don't never know where that stopper is going to come from. You obviously assumed it would have come yesterday with a guy like Corbin Burns, but you don't mind when it arrives. You just hope that it arrives sooner as opposed to later. And I pose this to you, Jeff, as the pitching we know is not healthy, and it's not going to get healthy anytime soon. It's going to be a little bit. Probably just going to try to have to tread water until the All-Star break, till they start getting closer to full strength with the pitching. I made an analogy that this is maybe your first step in the tunnel where you can actually start to see a light at the end of the tunnel, believing that, hey, you don't need to score 20 runs a game in order to you know to support the, the pitching staff, but it helps when they throw a zero on the board for you. But when you can see a performance like this and believe, hey, we got nine hits, we held them to five, we didn't walk really anybody, so yeah, you know what, we can do this, and against a high-quality opponent in the Houston Astros. Yeah, I mean, it's a heavy workload that this guy's got to take on, right? I mean, Colin Ray, he's, even though he still pitched great, he got five and one-thirds innings, so that means that the, the back of the bullpen had to pick up the three and two-thirds innings. So it's not like you have, have to have a guy that's going to go a complete game, but, but you know, those innings that those guys in are just getting up over the course of the season, right? You're going to need the full bullpen, but you also need a few pitchers that can maybe work into the seventh inning. And it's been something that the Brewers are starting to figure out. As we've been saying, May is when you figure out who you are. This second quarter of the season is figuring out who you are, what you have as you approach 200 plate appearances. You know, starters are well past 50 innings at this point. So it's it's starting to get real now. We're going to talk about the offense, though, because that might have been just as big of a story as the shutout victory. This is Brewers Extra Innings brought to you by Fifth Third Bank with a local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. More to come with Jeff after this. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. The phone number is 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. The Old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank get old. Brewers win 6-0. They beat the Astros, and they've leveled the series and a game of peace. And be up early. We got an early game tomorrow. 12-10 first pitch will be on the air at 1130 with our pregame coverage right here on WTMJ. Uh, Jeff, let me just read you these numbers from Owen Miller 
here in the month of May. He's hitting 404. He's got a 1074 OPS, six doubles, his third homer tonight, also six multi-hit games, including three of them this evening. Uh, I mean, he's got his opportunity, and he has run with it, and I'm going to make an open call. Craig Council, I know you're not listening, but in case you are, we we got to keep this guy in the top half of the order, right? This dude has proven he can hit anywhere, and I think he deserves at least one more at bat every night. Oh, he's definitely going to be in the lineup tonight, right? You got to run the hot hand out there and just see where it goes, right? I mean, he's he's definitely um, inspired, I think, by being a hometown kid playing in front of his home crowd. I mean, the crowd lifts you up. It's just it's been great to see. For Owen Miller, semi-journeyman, right? I mean, getting a chance with the Brewers, and he's making the most of the opportunities. And look, I mean, that's the way way it should be, right? You get your opportunities, you take advantage of it. I'm looking at his numbers now. He's at 347 with a 863, I think it's OPS. I mean, so and he's playing some good defense, whether it be third or first or, or moving around a little and wherever else. I think he's played some second base too. Yeah, and you know how this team loves versatility and loves guys that are able to play multiple positions while maintaining the bat. That's how Mike Brasso got so much playing time last season. And Owen Miller, to his credit, is doing it against both righties and lefties. He initially got in only against lefties. Now he's getting in against both, and he continues to perform. I mean, I, the the mad dash, I mean, the fourth inning again, he, he steals a base with, uh, with two outs during the Caratini at-bat, and then... You know, two pitches later, you see the throw down to second base that, you know, hits him in the helmet. And they were one pitch away from ending that inning. And the very next pitch, they ended the inning. So it's an honor and a run for him to come around and score. And I love the gutsy send by Jason Lane, too, man. I mean, I I probably would have sensed him seeing how slow the Astros were getting to that ball in shallow center. And credit to Owen. He, He was never slowing down. He was ready to be sent. That, that, that's a very interesting uh, baseball play, you know, as a manager, even Baker. Best you would probably be like, you know, I mean, let's attack the hitter, right? He's got two strikes on him, bottom of the order. You know, let, let's just work on getting the guy just the throw, pick to try and pick him behind second base was just an ill-advised throw. And then for the short, the center fielder not to be backing up the play, I've, I've never really seen that play before, but heads up to Jason Lane and Owen Miller. That for me, I mean, Jason Lane just, just really gutsy to do that. But the, I think you're bottom of the order. Caratini's up there, eight-hole hitter, I think. And uh, he's got two strikes on him, so I mean, why not take a chance there? And for for Owen too, not just with the with the legs, he did it with the bat. Two of his three hits, by the way, came with two strikes, including the two run homer that really blew it open in the eighth inning. Here's a guy that's a throwback. I, I I'm gonna have to talk to Owen about. It. I think he just hates to strike out. True. I mean, the dude just puts bat to ball all the time, and he doesn't take deep counts that often because he's putting the ball in play. I mean, his two singles in the second and the fourth were virtually identical right back up the middle where it came from, and then he pulls a home run to left field on a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. So this dude just hates striking out. If there's two strikes on him, he doesn't care. He's going to find a way. He's got some serious bat awareness. Yeah, and it's 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 refreshing to see, actually, right, in today's game – you know, where guys are up there and they're trying to hit home runs and doubles and, and they're working more on their slugging percentage and, and just taking it personal. I mean, I know for myself, you know, I, I took it personal to try and not strike out. Obviously, strikeouts are going to happen. You know, stuff gets you. But, you know, I just I, I love to see guys just fight and, and Owen Miller just quickly becoming one of my favorite players. He just continues to do something to help the team win on every given night. Now, we talked about Weimer's defense 
But he got it done a little bit with the bat. We saw another flash of what he can do. A 430-foot no-doubter to left field. And for Weimer, seeing his confidence start to grow in the big leagues because he knows he's going to be playing a lot given the fact that they love his glove in center field, as we saw again this evening. But for somebody that is trying to understand how teams are attacking him, he is learning that, look, he's getting behind 0-2 very often so far this season or behind with two strikes very often so far this season. So for him to attack and be aggressive like he was in that first at-bat, Maybe that's a sign of things to come to continue to be aggressive. And, hey, man, you're a strong dude. You don't need to try to hit it halfway to Fond du Lac every time you're up there. And even when you're just trying to hit it to, you know, shoot to Sheboygan, it's suddenly uh, it's still a 430-foot blast. You know, he's just a really twitchy, dynamic athlete, right? Just the power, you can see it, right? The throwing arm, the running speed, the twitch to the body. It's just for him, it's just more the ability to slow down the game. I think that, that Garrett Mitchell... Uh, getting hurt really hurt him because it kind of thrust him into that starting role and then you know seeing all those sliders and breaking balls and and you know learning but you know he wasn't able to kind of sit back all right I played against the righty and now there's now there's a lefty and then I'll sit against the righty you know he was kind of thrust in there and and thrown to the wolves so to speak and you know, with the computer being what it is, you know, they'll pick up on, you know, it used to be where you had like an advanced scout sitting in the stands, but today, you know, you have a computer that's picking up and, and it'll let you know what you're hitting against the league, especially against breaking balls down and away. And he's learning how to figure that out. We've seen him go the opposite field. He's got that pop. See what can work in that direction. Some other guys going down the box score here with Jeff Cirillo, 855-616-1620, Brian Anderson had a couple of hits, including a big double ambushing on uh, Rafael Montero there in the eighth inning. Montero's had a really weird year for the Astros. Of course, the guy who signed the extension is now struggling this year. But for Anderson... He struck out his first two at-bats. He regroups for a single off of J.P. France in his third time up in the sixth and then ropes a double into left center field. I mean, he's we've known he's a streaky hitter, but now he leads the team in runs batted in with 27, and 14 of them have come with two outs. The majority of his runs batted in have come with two two outs. He's, he's got a knack for the moment, and he helped put this game away and helped sit Devin Williams down in that eighth inning. You know, I, I know that uh, the RBI has kind of become a lost art and, you know, and analytics guys, and, and they don't see it right as much. But I think that there's credence in it, especially two out RBIs is a big stat. And, you know, you got to be willing, willing to get into those situations. Obviously, the guys that have the most opportunities to drive in runs are probably going to drive in the most runs. But but um, but I really feel like he focuses a little bit more when there's runners in square position, especially seems to be with, with two outs. Yeah, and for Anderson to get that double... Miller to follow up with the homer to to allow Devin Williams to sit down. And don't ignore the fact that they use Bryce Wilson in the ninth to keep the shutout. If this game's close again tomorrow, if the Brewers have an opportunity to take a series from the Astros, and now you've got a fresh Devin Williams ready to go, not that it would be a big deal for him to go back-to-back days, but now it's even further reason to believe that, all right, you got Devin Williams waiting for the ninth and maybe even for four outs if necessary like we've seen as of late. Don't lose sight of that little barrage they had in the bottom of the eighth for the value you could have for tomorrow and even on Thursday against the Giants. Yeah, it was an interesting one. I thought that he would still bring in Devin, just the fact that we haven't really seen him pitch very much, right? I mean, just the one game maybe in Tampa Bay, unless I'm missing something. 
but I thought that that was a situation. It was a little risky. I, not not risky, but because Wilson just it just seems to be that Craig Council has so much confidence in in his all the guys that he's got on the roster or in that bullpen. I mean, he went to Baguero after Baguero really didn't pitch very good last night, and he th- thrust him right back into a situation. I just know with talking with managers over the course of my career, you know, it's like. You know, you pitch your winning pitching when you're winning, and you pitch your losing pitching when you're losing, and and it doesn't seem that way with with Craig. He seems like he he relies on all those guys and trusts all of them. And he trusts them, especially wants to see them get going in the right direction sooner as opposed to later, given uh, how much he's going to have to lean on them probably over the next month and a half or so while he waits on Woodruff and Miley and Lauer to come back from their injuries. We're going to talk about our difference-making moment of the game. I've got one you may have missed. I'm sure Jeff's got one too. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. More to come with Brewers Extra Innings after this. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers win 6-0. Good team win in this one. You have to when you shut out the defending world champions. But there were a few moments that stuck out more than others. It's time for Annex Wealth Management difference-making moment of the game. Annex Wealth Management's different, not driven by commission sales or pushing financial products. You may not actually need, but for elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need, you can contact Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference at AnnexWealth.com. I'm Dominic Catronio with Jeff Cirillo. Jeff, I'll give you the floor first in a 6 nothing victory. What was your difference-making moment? I'm just going to go with uh, the Owen Miller play in second base where he stole second base, and then they tried to go with back pick two outs when he had two strikes on Caratini. And just the, the, the presence of mind, not only just to, to keep running hard, just pick up the ball going back, to pick up the ball right away looking left, to run hard and keep running hard, just thinking about conquering third base, but staying hard and, and focusing on, on lane. And Lane having the guts to bring him home. I had to give him that, that cushion run of a second run. I mean, to, to wear one off the helmet and then say, oh, it's going into center field. Let me get back on my horse. And lo and behold, he ends up scoring the second run of the game, which is what the score was for the majority of the contest till the Brewers broke it open there in the uh, bottom of the eighth inning. Now, I've already mentioned my difference-making moment. I just want to reiterate. I mean, when it was first and second and two outs for Jordan Alvarez after what he did yesterday – and Colin Ray fell behind 3-0 and on him. And he gets him a routine fly out to left field, no problem at all, to escape that jam. Another opportunity was in the eighth inning against Peter Strzelecki, right? Great pitching against one of these great bats in Kyle Tucker and Jordan Alvarez. That Strzelecki drops a 2-0 changeup on Kyle Tucker and gets him to pop out into shallow left field from Owen Miller. I thought those two plays in particular, and then as we knew, it set the stage for them scoring in the bottom half of that inning. Two pitches in particular against the two best hitters in the opposing lineup that got the job done. Yeah, I can't fault you on that one. You're exactly right. I just, uh, I just never give too much credit. You never hear, you never talk about the the third base coach very often. Only when he's maybe making a mistake of sending a guy. So, hats off to Jason Lane tonight for my move. Yeah, I mean, you got to give Lane some credit. You're absolutely right there. Also, like on that similar vein too, maybe there was one or two that were questionable. But I thought Ryan Wills behind the plate. Speaking of people, we only talk about when they do a bad job. The whole plate umpire tonight, I thought he had a great game. And I, I thought the umpires kept this in control. This show has talked a lot about umpires in the last couple of weeks. I thought Ryan Wills did a good job. And I just want to make sure we, we give a little hat tip there as well, saying, hey, you know what? Not everything is going to be screaming about your umpire scorecard. I'm really excited to see what his umpire scorecard looks like tomorrow. 
Yeah, I mean, Colin Ray, I mean, there, there was a few, I listened to Rock, saying that, that he thought that the bottom of the zone that he was getting a few pitches. But, you know, guys like Colin Ray, I mean, they, they need they need to nibble on the corners and they need to get those borderline pitches called strikes. And, uh, and I think that, that he had a solid strike zone behind the plate and he was able to expose that. Now the Brewers have another opportunity on their hands, just like last week against St. Louis. They have an opportunity to take the series and the finale of it you know, game three on Wednesday. You're going to have Adrian Hauser on the mound, who's coming off maybe his best start in a little less than a year, having a great go of things against Tampa Bay, six strong frames. Uh, he got a no decision in that one. Uh, and a similar type guy to Colin Ray that he's going to sink and he's going to cut and he's going to try to keep you off balance. And he's not afraid of contact, which maybe will play into his favor. What do you see being the difference tomorrow as he will be going up against Brandon Belak, who's one of the young arms, not quite proven yet in the big leagues, but somebody that they have developed in their system for a very long time? It's interesting because the similar style of pitching, usually, you know, in your rotation, if you had it, had the ability to set your set your pitching rotation, you can't really do it since the Brewers have had so many guys, you know, uh, get hurt. So the, the pitchers are kind of just falling in line. But in a perfect world, you would separate the two, right? You separate Ray and, and, and Hauser just based on the fact that, you know, they're basically seeing the same blueprint of the same guy. Same thing, right? He's going to have to throw his sinkers, you know, both sides of the plate, especially commanded to the arm side, you know, to the lefties, right? Because there's going to be a ton of lefties in there for the Astros because that's kind of been Hauser's elixir, right? His left-hand hitters. So he's going to have to be able to, but at the same time, you know, he's still going to have to trust the fact that he's going to have to come in on some righties, for, I mean, some lefties for strikes in there to show. You can't just show you know, pitch for show inside. You got to throw a few strikes inside and work both sides of the plate. And for for the other side, Brandon Belak, he's been a long relief guy. He's been uh, a spot starter like he is right now because the Astros are dealing with injuries to their starting rotation, just like the Brewers, right? They've got Luis Garcia who's out for the year for Tommy John surgery. Uh, Jose Urquidy is hurt right now with shoulder inflammation. Uh, they've also got Lance McCullers Jr. hasn't thrown a pitch yet this season because of a forearm strain in spring training. So for him, for Belak to step in and J.P. France to be called up as soon as he was, this is what the Astros are kind of going through as well with the next man up mentality. Belak is somebody that also pitches to contact, but he lives in the upper part of the zone. He's similar to, to Javier in the fact that he will... Uh, you know, try to have that invisible, try to conceal the ball well. He doesn't have as much spin as Javier does, but he's also got some really good off-speed, a really good changeup as well. And uh, I caught up with Brandon before the game today, and he actually got the chance to catch up with uh, Pat Murphy, of course, former Notre Dame head coach and Craig Council, of course, Notre Dame star. Brandon Belak himself went to Notre Dame, and he also got to meet Bob Uecker out of it. So uh, maybe he's going to be seeing stars there on the mound tomorrow, given, uh, oh, man, Bob Uecker saying my name up style. Maybe, maybe that's going to get in his head, right? Well, I got to tell you, though, I mean, hats off to both organizations, really, for the amount of depletion that they've had. I mean, just with the Astros, right, they've lost three-fifths of their starters, and a couple of those guys are all-stars. So, I mean, for them to, to be doing what they're doing and staying above water, same with the Brewers, right? I mean, it seems like the Brewers, then we're talking about it this month, it hasn't been a great month, especially offensively, but they're still hanging in there, and they're still they're going to bed tonight in first place in their division. So, I mean... Tip of the cap to both organizations for, for dealing with injuries, but that's what happens. And a chance to get back on the rails tomorrow, win a series, and then the Giants will be coming to town for four-game set over the weekend. Jeff Cirillo, thanks as always, my friend. We'll holler at you next time. Uh, I know we got no show tomorrow, so uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy some baseball, my friend. All right, let's get the win. See you, Dom. All right, Jeff Cirillo here on the program. A few more of your texts, several, and a few tweets as well. 
talk hot and cold. That's coming up next. Craig Council Sound a little bit later here on Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Winning is fun. There's no other way to put it. Winning is fun. And it's that magic number, that that four-run number that we've talked about so many times of being all that the Brewers really need to get the job done. I mean, yes, they scored six tonight, six-nothing shutout victory. But now the Brewers, when they score at least four runs, they are 22-4, and four, right? 22 of their 26 wins have been scoring at least four runs. It's a pretty s- simple philosophy, and this is what I talked about you know, with, with Jeff about the, the light at the end of the tunnel, meaning the fact that you don't need to blow the doors off the place every time you go out there hitting-wise. And it's not going to get easier moving forward here these next two weeks or so. The Giants can pitch it. Uh, probably going to see Logan Webb. Probably going to see DiSclefini on it. Probably going to see uh, some really good arms out of that series. And then you're going to go to Toronto. Chris Bassett's been on fire. You've got Kevin Gossman up there. Uh, who knows what kind of Jose Barrios you're going to see, but there's definitely arms to be worried about there. And then the Reds are kind of built on their young arms and Ashcraft and Hunter Green and trying to figure out how to avoid danger from a trap series. That would be with the Reds. And then you coming back home, and who do you have waiting for you? Oh, the Baltimore Orioles, the team with the second-best record in all of baseball. So it's going to be here before you know it. Now, their pitching's a little suspect, but their bullpen is dynamite. So we'll see what these next few weeks are going to look like for the offense. But again, that four-run number, I think that's just the most important number to think about. That's all they need. That's all they need. Four runs. And things can get going in the right direction again. 855-616-1620, Mike in Colorado texting in, fantastic performance all around. Fabulous start by Colin Ray. Owen Miller starts a new streak after getting robbed on that hard hit last night, and Craig Council did everything right tonight. Big, big win tonight. Can they keep it going tomorrow? That's going to lead us into our who's hot and who's cold. It's brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Trust in your family's comfort at home with cider, heating, plumbing, and electrical. And for a limited time, you can save up to $1,000 off an AC or a furnace unit. Families helping families since 1912. That's cider, heating, plumbing, and electrical. Spell S-E-I-D-E-R, cider.com. I said his numbers a moment ago, Owen Miller. He's hot. But I want to look at a different direction here. Have you noticed how well Yoel Piamps has been pitching as of late? I sure hope you have. On the season now... Now, ERA is tough for relievers, but it's 2.28 ERA in 22 games, 2-0 record, a 1.06 whip. He's got 27 strikeouts in 23 and two-thirds innings. He has not really been a strikeout guy previously in his career. Right? He's been more of a sinker, get-the-ball-on-the-ground type guy, and good things happen on the heels of that. But now he's really found something in getting things going specifically with the strikeouts, right? Let me let me pull up his month of May here. And specifically since that West Coast trip, after he gave up a run in Colorado, then he comes back against San Francisco and he had three strikeouts in that game. So since that game, May 7th against the Giants, he has 15 strikeouts in nine and a third innings. 
Again, this was not this dude's M.O. at all. He was a ground ball guy, and here he is mixing 96-mile-an-hour bowling ball sinkers on right-handers' hands and getting them the whiff at sliders down in the way like he got to Jeremy Pena, and now he's flashing an elevated four-seamer, which is something he's barely thrown or barely been able to use effectively to this point in his career. What Jim Henderson and what Chris Hook, Walker McKinvin, and everybody in the Brewers front office, they are, you know, putting their fingers into the right spots of like saying, hey, look, these are the numbers, what they look like when you throw this in this count, when you throw it in this location, when you throw it with this grip. They are able to show what little tiny manipulations can do for these pitchers. We talked about the pitching lab, but that's really all it is. You know, don't overthink it. And that when they get into a pitching lab or if they set up the edgertronic cameras out of the bullpen when they're throwing a bullpen, it's like they're testing grips. They're seeing what works. They're seeing what the numbers say, what it looks like to a hitter. And sometimes just the slightest little adjustment, a fresh set of eyes, a new metric that you're looking for, and you see a guy that go from not a strikeout guy to suddenly relying on strikeouts. And it's just been a huge development for the Brewers' bullpen, as it was the number one question mark all season. And to this point in the season, I mean, I, I'd give them a B plus and A minus for their performance, given what you were expecting out of them. You you didn't know what to expect. And it's been great, honestly. Scoreless bullpen, three and two-thirds against the Astros. Streslecki rebounding after a tough weekend in Tampa Bay. Didn't even need Devin Williams today. That's hot, right? That's why that's our pick for who's hot. As for who's cold right now, uh, we talk about the opposing side very little, but have you guys noticed what's going on with Jose Abreu? I think it's well known by this point, but it's just so odd to see him fall off as quickly as it has happened. You know, there was a lot of talk about him leaving White Sox and how could you leave Chicago? This is your home. This is where you've played for so long, but he's not hitting the ball hard. He's not elevating the ball. His walks and strikeouts have never really been a big thing of his, but I mean, his his barrel rate's way down. His average exit velocity is way down. It's five miles an hour slower this year as opposed to what it was last year. And for somebody that they brought in to replace Yuli Gurriel, who is a guy that was a batting champ contender every year, it seemed like, and Here's a Bray you feel like it would be a perfect fit with the Crawford boxes and everything, and it just has not quite stuck for him so far in in Houston. And he's going to be another guy you circle tomorrow, saying, all right, well, yes, he's hitting right behind Kyle Tucker and, and in front of Jeremy Pena, two tough guys to get out, but you kind of got to go after him and, and let him beat you. And if he does, like, all right, you tip your cap, he's finally beat you, but there's nothing that has shown you he's going to beat you in this series. So he's my pick for who's cold right now. A quick peek around the league uh, at a couple of the games happening at the moment. The uh, Angels are holding a 2-0 lead on the Red Sox as they're in the uh, top of the eighth inning out in Anaheim in that one. It was started by Brian Bayo. He's pitched well, but he's allowed two solo homers, a leadoff shot to Mickey Moniak and a solo homer to Matt Theis uh, in that one for the young Brian Bayo, who's going to be a star one day. He's still learning to come into his own. Uh, he was outdueled by Griffin Canning, who's back and finally healthy for the Angels. The righty went seven shutout innings, and now it's in the hands of the Angels' bullpen. Also, the Mariners leading on the A's right now, 3-2. to two. 
homers from J.P. Crawford and Ty France going back-to-back in the fifth inning to take the lead in that one. As for some games relevant to the National League Central, the Cardinals beat the Reds 8-5 to in a game started by Adam Wainwright against Graham Ashcraft. Worst start of Graham Ashcraft's young career, seven earned runs in five innings. He allowed ten hits. He only struck out five. He also allowed home runs to two home runs to uh, Paul Goldschmidt, which uh, that will happen. Uh, on the other side, Matt McClain hit his first big league home run, so congrats to him for the Cincinnati Reds. A couple of other games from the NL Central. Uh, looking through the uh, box scores here, the Rangers and Nady Valdi, what a resurgence it's been for him. They beat the Pirates 6-1, to one. and if you want to look at the standings, yes, you're right. The Brewers are technically in first place, but it's, it's May 23rd, y'all. There's so much season left to back and forth and figure out what's going to happen moving forward. The Brewers' next opponent, the San Francisco Giants, they beat the Twins today 4-3. to That game was started by Alex Cobb, and he outdueled Sonny Gray, who's still got a 1.82 ERA this season. The Brewers will likely see Alex Cobb in the Sunday finale of that series coming up this weekend against the Giants, and uh, something to keep an eye out for as... Michael Conforto has continued to heat up. He had his 10th homer of the season in that one. And the young uh, big league debut of Bobby Miller for the Dodgers, one of their top prospects, throws 100 miles an hour because who doesn't? The Dodgers beat the Braves 8-1 to as Freddie Freeman once again returns to Atlanta. He went 1-4 for four, uh, in this one. Uh, Will Smith is on fire. He went 3-5. for five. Also a home runs by J.D. Martinez and Jason Hayward returning to Atlanta in that one as well. We're going to take a quick breather, but before we do so, we're going to kick it to the news with Wyatt Barmore Pooling. We'll have Craig Council coming up after the break as well. So the news and a quick commercial. Back with more Brewers Extra Innings after that. Extra Innings on WTMJ. Brewers win, Brewers win, Brewers win. 6 nothing. I'm Dominic Catronio. 855-616-1620 for staying up late with us. Remember, they're always available on Brewers All Access, all of these post-game shows, as uh, you can subscribe to that wherever you get your podcast. Not only will you get the Brewers Extra Innings post-game shows, you'll get Brewers Weekly on Thursday nights so that there isn't a game where we don't have programming. So uh, no Brewers Weekly on Thursday night because, well, we got a game. But then uh, we've also got Brewers 360 that pops up into this podcast feed, too. That is the morning appearances that you'll only find here of Craig Council, Matt Arnold, Sophia Minner, Jeff Levering, and Adam McAlvey right here every morning on Wisconsin's Morning News, 620 WTMJ. So make sure you subscribe, tell your friends to subscribe, and find everything you could want to know about the Brewers right here after the fact as well. We're with you until the top of the hour here this evening, so we got plenty of time to chat a little bit more about this victory and looking ahead to what's to come for the Brew Crew uh, before we talk a little more in depth about this one as well, let's hear from the manager, Craig Council, who is obviously a, a happy camper after a 6 nothing shutout win. Um, I mean, I thought this was, you know, I thought this was similar how he pitched against the Angels. Um, you know, we you saw in the first inning they're swing and miss there right away. Um, and so he was just sharp. You know, his, his, his fastball was the pitch tonight to me that was a really good pitch. The cutter was a good pitch as well. He had some really good defense behind him, too, on the infield, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, that's look, that's something that we've relied on all year. And, um, 
made some nice in the infield and Joey made some nice plays in the outfield. So, um, you know, it, it's something that we're going to continue is going to be important for us and it's part of our, you know, at the core of, I think, what we're, what we're good at. Presumably he's in line for like a string of, you know, you, you need him to yeah. call on Ray right now to get off to a start like this. I, I mean, he's a guy who's been around, but it's, you think it's a good Well, I mean, he's he's made, I don't know, what start is that, six or five? Um, yeah, so it, it's, you know, after the outing last weekend, um, you know, that, that didn't go well. Um, you know, I mean, it was, he was going to be back and he was going to be back probably in, you know, you're thinking in the two weeks span. Unfortunately, we needed him sooner, but um, you know, we skipped we skipped his last start after since he had sent down, which I think ended up being a good thing just to just to get him a little rest. Um, and he and he pitched like a, like somebody that was sharp and fresh and uh, ready to go. Just big picture, he's been through a lot in his career. That's his first win since 2016. Yeah. I mean, you know, having gone to Japan and yeah, just, you know the. Sticking with it and getting a shot here. Yeah, you know that. I'm not sure if we've talked about this yet, but um, you know, Colin joined us at the end of 21, um, and you know, it was a, it was a kind of a nothing appearance in the last game of the season um, where he he just he sucked up like full five innings uh, for us, and, and when some stuff was going on, and it really just said a lot about him, um, and. Um, you know that's that day showed why he's made it to this day to me um just the willingness to keep going to stick it out to, to tough it out um and i know i know when chris and i always you know the name was brought up again this winter um it was in the chris hook and i have always respected for for what he kind of did that little short time he was with us in 21 and and um it it's it's not a wonder why he's persevered and um and got to this point it seems like every game we're asking about Owen Miller tonight did it again. That that base running play that he made there in the uh, inning. Yeah, I mean, I would I'll credit. You know, I think sharing the credit there should be both base coaches, both base coaches, because uh, you know the the France their starter was very quick to the plate, um, where you would probably not. Nobody's running on him, um, but he got in a little pattern. We noticed it. Q noticed it. Got us a stolen base there. Um, and then Jason had a great send there, an aggressive send, the right send um, in the right spot. Um, so great base run and a nice job by the base coaches to, to get us a run there. Craig, hit him in the helmet or hit him, actually catch him in the, the face? I'm not sure. You guys got the replays. You're supposed to, you're supposed to be good at that. Craig, what do you see? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Craig, what do you see Owen doing in the plate that's leading to him to be, you know, continually successful at each? Uh, yeah, Owen's a hitter. Um, that's what he's been good at as a minor leaguer. Um, he's good at squaring the baseball up. Um, and and then I think again, this this is a guy that got a whole bunch of at bats last year. Uh, so he kind of. You know, he, he didn't he didn't have a great offensive season last year, but he but he got a ton of at bats kind of stockpiled and under his belt. And I think that's so necessary for a young hitter in this league. Um, and I think that experience and those struggles kind of you, you learn, you make adjustments, you adapt um, and, you know, you're, you combine that with the talent that he has as a hitter um, and, he, and he's got a good little streak going here.
to give Elvis the seventh in a, in a two-nothing game? Does that speak to what you guys think of the way he's been pitching to this point? Yeah, I mean, it was just I, I didn't think Colin was, you know, going to be – we weren't going to push Colin today. Um, and, and so I just – the sixth was the inning that they had the top of their lineup coming up, and so we kind of pointed for the sixth as maybe we're going to have to get out of jam, and we went with we went with Yoel to get out of the jam. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, then Elvis is, Elvis is going to have to pitch those innings, and then he did a heck of a job. He's continued to show why the Brewers got – I remember – Piguero was acquired in the Hunter Renfro deal. One of the three pitchers acquired for one year of Hunter Renfro. And Piguero is also a guy that's fully optionable. He has all three of his option years remaining. So they used his first one this year when he didn't make the team coming out of spring training. But here's somebody that's now suddenly throwing the seventh inning of, at the time, a 2 nothing game against the Houston Astros. They see plenty of value in him, and you think, hopefully, with development, that he gets better while he's wearing a Brewers uniform. And he's a big piece of this bullpen, especially in the absence of Matt Bush right now, with Aaron Ashby out right now, who just started playing catch this week, by the way. Uh, There's a lot to like with multiple sinker ballers that throw at 96, 97 miles an hour. It's just an uncomfortable at-bat for right-handed hitters and trying to see what you have out there down in the bullpen. The Brewers also, uh, I, I've been watching the replay, by the way, too, over and over, trying to figure out, did that ball hit him in the head? Did that ball hit him uh, in the helmet? I, I think it hit him in the ear flap, I think. I'll just have to ask. Owen. I feel like we would have seen him rubbing his face, or we would have seen a shiner start popping up if if that ball through to second base actually did hit him in the face. So I'm, I'm pretty sure it hit him in the in the helmet. That was a, a funny moment, though, between uh, Adam McCalvey and Craig Council. All in good fun. We, uh, we had a good... Uh, a fun light session today with Craig Council actually during his uh, media availability today pregame. Everyone's in a good mood. You know, it, it's one of those things that I think on Twitter on Sunday, the Brewers tweeted a video of Jesse Winker scoring a goal on Nestor Corridor uh, down in Miami with a soccer ball, and they set up like the, the BP Nets, you know, like they were a goal, and he ran away like, goal, you know, all excited and everything. Like, you know, and the lames in the replies were like, "Well, you focus on winning a game. Focus on playing." Baseball. Like, what? Go take a walk. Go take a hike. Go for a swim in in Lake Michigan, man. I, you can't be serious twenty four seven. You just can't. It's impossible. And when the team's light, when the theme, when things are in a good mood, I mean, Christian Yelich served Chick fil A earlier today. It's gonna be fine. And speaking of doing good in the community. Uh, shout out to Tyson Miller and to Peter Strezlecki. They joined uh, Brian Anderson today, actually, uh, television voice of the Brewers, over at the Children's Hospital of Milwaukee. They were playing some Mario Kart out there, hanging out with the kids who are fighting some really serious diseases. So I want to just give them some kudos today. Strezlecki goes and, and chats with the uh, with the kids there at the Children's Hospital of Milwaukee, and then he comes in and gets a crucial hold against the Astros later in the evening. So some great stuff in a week of kindness for Milwaukee and the Brewers. We've seen Yelich, we've seen these guys, Tyson Miller and, and Pete, and we've also seen uh, Brandon Woodruff in the community at Benjamin Franklin Elementary School the other day. So some great stuff, some great stuff happening in the community right now. Kudos to all of those guys as they try to win a series tomorrow. Let's relive this one with some highlights. That's coming up next on Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! 
This and this. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. Game two of the Astros and the Brewers in a three-game midweek set. Colin Ray getting the ball for the crew against J.P. France for the Astros. We pick things up in the top of the third inning with two outs and runners on first and second. Jordan Alvarez worked ahead to a 3-0 cow. Remember last night he had two homers and five runs batted in, including a grand slam. He ended up on a 3-1 pitch, flying out innocently to left field, so it left two runners stranded on their first at-bat with a runner in scoring position. How would the Brewers respond in the bottom of the third? How about the rookie, Joey Weimer? A one-pitch, Weimer drives one deep in the left center field. Forget about it. 1-0 Milwaukee on Joey Weimer's fifth home run. Wow, that ball was hammered. 106 miles an hour off the bat, 430 feet away, the second longest homer of the season for the Brewers. They lead 1-0. Now they do it a little bit differently in the fourth inning. Owen Miller stays hot. He starts a new hitting streak tonight. He had three hits, his second one with one out in the fourth. He steals second base with two outs during Victor Caratini's at-bat. Then two pitches later, Yannier Cano got a little too greedy trying to pick him off from second base. France into the stretch. And the pitch, a change-up throw behind Miller. It's going to hit him and go into shallow center field. Miller is going to be waved around third. He's going to try and score. Here's the throw from McCormick. It's high. Miller is in there. That was some serious base running and some stones from Jason Lane on the send on the E2. That makes it 2-0 Brewers. All the while, Colin Ray was fantastic. Five and a third innings, four hits, no runs, two walks, Four strikeouts. He exited in the sixth inning with runners on first and second. And then Yoel Piomps got back-to-back strikeouts to Jose Abreu and Jeremy Pena to escape that threat. In the eighth, Peter Strzelecki escaped the threat with Alvarez aboard and Kyle Tucker at the plate to pop out to keep it a 2-0 game heading to the bottom of the eighth inning when the Brewers' offense would reignite with two outs, mind you, Brian Anderson at the plate. And his pitch. Swing a line drive headed towards the gap. It's down. One run will score. Taylor on his horse. He rounds third. He's waved around. Here's the throw. Not in time. A two-run double for Brian Anderson. It's 4-0 Brewers. And they weren't done in that inning. How about one more big swing from the man of May? It's Miller time. Two and two with two outs on Owen Miller. Two runs in in the eighth inning. Montero delivers. Swing and a drive. Deep left field. Alvarez staring two more for the crew. Owen Miller with a two-run home run. It's 6-0 Brewers. And then just because we don't want this to be a just a Jeff Levering program, Bob Euchre on the final out. The pitch. Swing and a line drive and a leaping catch by Terang, and this one is, you know, when you're talking about what Joey Weimer did in spring training, I mean, he's he's doing okay. He's doing really good. It's 6-0 the final. Back with the totals and the summaries after this on the Brewers Radio Network, presented by American Family Insurance. With the fireworks popping and everything, it's a shutout victory. The fifth of the year for the Brewers. Six runs, nine hits, no errors, five left on. Colin Ray gets his first win as a starting pitcher stateside 
since July 1st, 2016. Great job by him and the Brewers. They improved their record to 26 and 22. The Astros are 28 and 20. We'll wrap up the program and look ahead at the week that it will be after this. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Brewers get the victory over the Astros 6-0. So let's look ahead at tomorrow, shall we? Shall we? It's an early start, 12-10. 12-10 start tomorrow. Not one, 12-10 start for the uh, getaway day uh, for the Astros. It'll be Brandon Belak for Houston up against Adrian Hauser. Of course, Adrian, a former Astros prospect himself, uh, was part of the original Josh Hader trade back in the day. So uh, originally a second-round pick out of Oklahoma by the Astros. Uh, he has been uh, all over the uh, transaction log over the years, part of the Carlos Gomez deal as well. So it's been uh, quite the I mean, quite the ride from that deal when you think about it. That original deal, Carlos Gomez and Mike Fires. To the Astros in exchange for Adrian Hauser, Brett Phillips, Domingo Santana, and Josh Hader. I think that was one of those uh, really, really great early moves in the Stearns slash Melvin Bridge era there in 15-16 of uh, getting things going to start the rebuild in the right direction. And uh, it certainly has worked out. So he will get the ball against Belak Again, a little more about Belak He's been kind of a bridge guy the last couple of years. Good to see him healthy again, though, too. Back in the big leagues, this will be his fourth start of the year. He's got a 2.89 ERA. That doesn't tell the whole story, though. He's got eight walks in those 18 and two-thirds innings. He's also allowed three homers. Opponents are hitting 329 off of him. He'll give up a lot of contact. See what the Brewers will do against the Notre Dame product, who got a chance to cash up with Pat Murphy. I uh, hope he caught up with Craig Council. I know he caught up with uh, Bob Uecker earlier today, too. So uh, see what he's going to have in store tomorrow. And again, Hauser coming off of one of his better outings the last couple of years, really since 21, six shutout innings against the Tampa Bay Rays, just four strikeouts, but only four hits as well. Uh, 11 of the 15 balls in play against him, against Tampa Bay, were ground balls. He's going to need more of the same here coming up tomorrow. Coverage will begin at 11.35 for a 12.10 first pitch here on WTMJ. And a reminder, no Brewers post game, no Brewers extra innings tomorrow after the game as we'll roll right into Wisconsin's afternoon news uh, once the game is over. And then uh, here's what your weekend plans sound like here on WTMJ. The Giants coming to town. It'll be a 6.40 first pitch on Thursday. Our coverage will begin at 6.05 right after Wisconsin's afternoon news. Then on Friday, back to a 7.10 first pitch for Friday Night Lights. And uh, our coverage will start at 6 once again after Wisconsin's afternoon news. We've got Brewers warm-up leading you into the network pregame at 6.35. Then I've got post-game shows for you all weekend long. And Brewers warm-up for you on Saturday and Sunday. Saturday will be on the air at 2. And Sunday will be on the air at noon. Again, Saturday is a, the first early home Saturday date of the season. It'll be a 3-10 first pitch Saturday and then a 1-10 first pitch on Sunday before they head north of the border and head on up to Toronto for a series with the Blue Jays. So that'll be coming up after uh, a key off day that the Brewers are going to really enjoy coming up on Monday before three games up there in the capital of Ontario. The Brewers, 
They're going to need some length out of Hauser, but the good news is they've got Devin Williams available. They can throw Strezlecki in back-to-back days. I imagine they'll throw Piomps in back-to-back days as opposed to Piguero for three straight days. Uh, see if Hobie Milner will get an assignment at all if any other lefties are in the order. The bullpen's in decent shape, but if you can get another six innings out of Adrian Hauser, you will most certainly be thrilled with that performance. And now the question is, how high will Owen Miller be batting in tomorrow's order? It's uh, certainly earned his way into the starting uh, starting lineup a little more often, whether it's DHing, whether it's third base, first base, second base. Does not matter. Wherever you put him, he's going to hit, and he's facing a righty tomorrow in Brandon Belak. So hope you enjoy it. You can follow me on Twitter for all the updates at Dom underscore C-O-T-R-O-N-E-O. Tell your friends to follow the podcast feed. Brewers all access to get all these shows in your inbox Every single night. And keep it locked on WTMJ. Your home of the Brewers all year long. And Bob Euchre right here for the season. Just getting going. It's about to get really fun, y'all. Don't give up now. There's a lot of season to go. My thanks to Sam Butson, our producer tonight. I'm Dom Catronio. Until next time, keep on swinging.